let me ask you an important question. Has something, or even someone, ever triggered you causing you to react instantly without even thinking about it? And then later, did you regret it after you had a chance to think about what actually happened? This week, I'm going to reveal the science behind how triggers provoke us and teach you exactly how to keep that tiger from ever biting you again. Stay with us! everybody out there. I'm your host, Stephen Diamond. Welcome to the show. And you might have seen me on the hit Netflix TV series, Tiger King 2, The Doc Antle Story. You see, I grew up performing all over the world as a professional illusionist with real lions and tigers. And on this podcast, I use the term tiger as a metaphor for all of those shadowy creatures that lurk deep inside us all only to rear their dangerous little heads when we least expect it. You know, things like stress, depression, anxiety, shyness, and today, we're going to talk about a beast that is so dang sneaky, you won't even realize it's bitten you until the damage is done. I'm talking about your triggers. Those pre-programmed responses that our brains have developed over time to ward off anything that offends us. This week, we're going to learn how to cope with being triggered. And before it's all over with, you will know not only how you are triggered and why you allow yourself to be triggered, but exactly how to manage your reactions every step of the way. Now, just imagine how this could truly transform your life. Imagine never having to worry about speaking before your brain has had a chance to really process what you are about to say. (laughs) That could save so much stress and anxiety in your life right there, couldn't it? I know from my own experience in coaching a ton of anxiety and stress sufferers that this is one of life's most challenging issues that no one ever talks about. Think about how many times you have reacted emotionally in the heat of the moment, and then once you've had time to think about it, You wish that you had handled it in a more kind and a more thoughtful and even a completely different way. The truth is, we are hardwired to be triggered. It's hard to imagine that our own brains are hardwired to work against us, but it's true. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. So what does being triggered actually mean? Well, the answer might shock some of you because I bet you never thought about it in this way before. So listen very carefully, because what I'm about to tell you is so important. Being triggered means you're experiencing past pain in the present moment. Now think about that. It can feel like you're having a big emotional reaction that is disproportionate to what is actually going on. For example, Maybe your partner forgets to buy you the kind of ice cream and out of nowhere you feel overwhelmed with sadness or lash out in anger because that person didn't bring you the kind of ice cream that you love. You might think to yourself, it's just ice cream. Why am I making such a big deal out of this? But if you dig just a bit deeper and did a little bit of self-exploration, you might discover that it really has nothing to do with the ice cream at all. 
It might be about a childhood pattern of being denied the things that you enjoy. Or perhaps you're experiencing some unprocessed sadness and not feeling listened to by a parent. Now, I know this is some really deep stuff that we're covering here, and I'm fully aware that this episode might very well trigger some of you listening to it right now. So be mindful of that as we go through the process of learning how and why we get triggered. The very first question my coaching clients always ask me about this topic is, why was I triggered? I'm not like that. (laughs) Well, of course you're not. As adults, we typically become triggered by experiences that are reminiscent of old painful feelings. It's kind of like reopening an old wound that hasn't had a chance to really heal yet, which is to say that you haven't fully dealt with that pain as of yet. You've heard me say many times before, if you don't deal with your issues, your issues will deal with you. And this is an example of that. I'll give you another great example. You might get angry when you think you're being told what to do if you felt controlled in the past. Or you might get anxious whenever someone isn't there for you if you had emotionally unavailable parents when you were younger. Or maybe you might panic when you're in a situation over which you have no control if you have a history of feeling helpless. For me personally, it's abandonment issues that trigger me. You see, my mother didn't want me. She made that very clear to me every single day growing up as a child. The endless beatings and the berating were really hard for me to deal with, and they really screwed me up later on in life. The hate and the lack of care or supervision was beyond the pale. She wished I had never been born, and in fact, the last thing that my mother ever said to me was so painful, no child should ever have to hear that coming from their own mother. It was Thanksgiving, and I had flown from Las Vegas to Virginia to be with my family on what should have been a very special holiday event. My dear sister Robin had prepared a chef's delight for the entire crowd and a few extras that were tagging along that year. My sister Sheila had picked me up from the airport just in time to make it for the big meal. Because of my tour schedule back then, I hadn't seen my family in a couple years, having been on the road entertaining millions with my magic show. So making it home for Thanksgiving was a really big deal, not just for me, but for the whole family. I remember pulling up into the driveway and there was my sister and her family and my mother, whom I used to lovingly call the warden, standing on the front porch. I was so excited to see them. It had just been far too long. And I remember jumping out of the car and I ran to my mother's open arms and gave her the biggest hug ever. I wanted her usual grumpy self to understand that today was a happy day and I had made a commitment to refrain from any negativity should my mother do her best to trigger me. I had promised my sisters that I would not take her bait on this particular day. Suddenly, my mom whispered in my ear, Son, are you still gay? To which I replied, Of course, Mom. I was born this way. You know that. 
And then she uttered the very last words that I would ever hear her speak. She said, well, I think it would have just been better for everyone involved if I had had that abortion. There was a long pause and I looked her in her eyes. I felt so sad. And I just said to her very calmly, Shirley, the next time I see you, you'll be in a box. I turned and walked away. I never spoke to or heard from my mother ever again. Sometimes, in order to heal, we have to remove those we love from our lives to protect our own well-being. And that's exactly what I did. Now, she passed away a decade later, alone and bitter until the very, very end. So because of this type of pain in my life, I get triggered whenever someone I care about or love leaves me. Now that can be through death or just fading away from my life. People come and go. It all hurts the same. Which begs the question, why does being triggered feel so awful? When we experience a trigger, our body kicks off a complex process of self-protection that readies us for three possible actions. We can fight, we can run away, or we can freeze instantly into a state of paralysis or no action where nothing is changed. Our adrenaline spikes and our stress hormones like cortisol course throughout our bodies and even our brains. Once our stress hormones are released, we often lose touch with our healthy coping skills and succumb to reacting rather than responding. Do you see the difference? Another question that I get asked a lot is, so how do I know what my particular triggers are? In my online course, I've created a brilliant three-step process for identifying our triggers. Step one, you want to learn to notice your internal shift. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that. It's not always easy to recognize what triggers us. Our heightened emotions and now disturbed nervous system can make it difficult to pinpoint what exactly stimulated such a strong response within us. To identify your trigger, go back and try and find the moment when you went from okay to not okay. And that's the simplest way that I can explain it. You want to ask yourself, what felt upsetting to you? Was it a comment from your boss? A story on the news? A text from a friend? Really try to come as close as you can to exactly what it was that instantly changed your state of being. This again goes back to my favorite lesson of learning to be mindful to the being that is doing the thinking. Not so much thinking about the thought itself, but the entity within your soul that is thinking the thought. When you learn to become present and one with that internal being, you gain so much more control in your life and control over your emotions. That's another really advanced skill that I teach in my course. You need to connect with your very soul, the being that is human, 
the being that exists with or without your human form. When we achieve the ability to acknowledge the thinker and allow the thoughts to pass on through us, we become an entity who can think on a higher plane. If this interests you, I hope you'll check out my course at lifeskillsmasterclass.com. Step two involves learning to name your feelings. Now, this is so very important in the process. You have learned to understand how you were feeling when you were triggered. Did you feel anxious, scared, angry, or all of the above? One way to become attuned to our feelings is to notice the sensations in our body at that time. Many emotional experiences start in the body before moving into our conscious awareness. Now think about that for a second. It's kind of a warning system. It gives you a chance before it reaches your brain. It kind of starts in your body and that allows you to become aware of it when you know what you're looking for and, and, and do something about it. Choose your response before it moves up into your head and everything explodes. For example, sadness might feel like a heaviness in your chest and shame might feel like a pit in your stomach. Learning to identify how your body was reacting in that moment is critical. And once you begin to listen to these signals, your body is revealing to you on a regular basis, your entire world will begin to change. Step number three is learning to understand and interpret those signals. You have to learn to understand your triggers. One helpful technique that I've really used a lot with my coaching clients is I teach them how to really embrace and get to the root of your triggers by asking yourself the following questions. Question number one, when in my life have I experienced something like this before? Question number two, what does it remind me of? Question number three, are the feelings familiar? Question four, what thoughts come with these emotions? Question five, is there a specific event from my childhood that is stirring up similar emotions? Now that one is a really big question. And when you answer that question, well, <laughs> it's kind of like finding the blueprint of exactly how to fix your life. One of the many wonders of your brain is how masterfully it rationalizes your behavior. Something occurs, you react, and then your brain instantly concocts a reason for your reaction that seems to justify your behavior even if the reason makes no sense at all. Are you listening, Florida? For example, you get very angry because you can't find a report you were working on. You blame the company for giving you insufficient space, the cleaners for moving things around on your desk, or your boss for giving you a stupid task or a dumb deadline. You ignore the reasons you are tired and your patience wears thin. You suppress your unhappiness with your boss or your life. The act of rationalizing is so quick, the best you can do is to recognize when it occurs and choose to consider what else could be causing your reaction at the time. 
One of the very first things you should do is to accept responsibility for your reactions. I can't tell you how important this is. Accept yourself as powerful instead of as a victim to remove the veil of self-deception. When you seek to identify what is triggering how you feel in the moment, you give yourself a chance to feel differently if you want to. You will also have more clarity on what you need to do or what you need to ask for to change your circumstances. Ask yourself, what would your life look like if you were in control of your reactions at all times? How would that have changed the world that you live in and how you see the world? How free would you feel if you lived your life by choice? Millions upon millions of us are living our lives on autopilot, wandering around aimlessly, working for a company we hate in a job that hates us in what I like to call zombie nation. You're doing whatever you have to do just to survive. But that's not living, and it doesn't have to be that way. The right skills can change everything. Because when you learn how to make changes in your life, you will see changes you desire begin to take place. But it takes effort, it takes thought, and it takes action. When you know how to process information in a better way than the way that you are right now, you will begin over time to experience a completely different result. Now you've heard me say this on TV a million times, better thinking equals better results. But it's true. The real issue in most cases is that humans are lazy and they don't want to put in the work that it truly takes to change their lives. And that's okay, because somebody has to flip the burgers. So if the emotion you have uncovered is related to fear, anger, or sadness, the next step is to determine what triggered that emotion. What do you think you've lost? Or what did you not get that you expected or desired to have? Answering this single question can reveal so many hidden secrets. If you are able to answer it honestly without emotion, just the facts, you'll be shocked at what you learn. The strengths that have helped in life are also your greatest emotional triggers when you feel someone is not honoring one of them. When your brain perceives that someone has taken or plans to take one of these important things away from you, your emotions are triggered. And it's really that simple. The following list includes some of the most common emotional triggers, meaning you react when you feel as though you aren't getting or will not get one of these needs met. So let's take a look at them. They're things like acceptance, being respected or being liked, being understood, being needed, being valued, being in control, being right, being treated fairly, attention, comfort, and freedom, peacefulness, balance and consistency, and of course, predictably, love. Choose three items from the list that most often set you off in your emotions when you don't get these needs met. 
Now, be honest with yourself. Which three needs, when not met, will likely trigger reaction in you? Identifying these three needs that you hold so dear can reveal so much for you. Write them down if you need to. That's always helpful. I actually do this. Sometimes I'll be thinking about things while I'm standing in line at the bank or at the grocery store or doing something around town and I'll just grab my phone, go to my notepad and I'll start writing things down. Some of these needs will be important to you. Others will hold no emotional charge for you whatsoever and that's okay. Some seem to overlap and you can choose the words you feel strongly about and begin to notice when your reactions are tied to unmet needs. Needs are not bad. You have these needs because at some point in your life, that need served you. People only do what works. For example, your experiences may have taught you that success in life depends on maintaining control, establishing a safe environment, and having people around you who appreciate your intelligence. However, the more you are attached to having control, safety, and being seen as smart, the more your brain will be on the lookout for circumstances that deny you your needs. Now listen to that very carefully. Really take a moment and let that marinate in your brain. The unmet need or the threat becomes an emotional trigger. Can you see how this mechanism works in our brain now? Now that we know what triggers are and we know how we get triggered and even why we are getting triggered, what can we do to change that from ever happening again? The final step is to actively shift your emotional state. You can practice this step at any time. Even when you first notice a reaction to help you think through your triggers and your responses, the next statement is truly the real secret to learning how to cope with your emotional triggers. So listen very carefully. This is life-changing information. Are you ready? <laughs> Here it is. When you feel yourself about to be triggered and determine what you want to do next, stop yourself. Don't say a word until you give yourself a chance to shift into the emotion that will help you get the best results in that particular situation. Let me say this again. When you feel yourself about to be triggered and determine what you want to do next, stop yourself. Don't say a word until you give yourself a chance to shift into the emotion that will help you get the best results in that particular situation. Now let me tell you folks, if you will stop yourself and really train yourself to learn and embrace this skill, your life will change. Not only that, but you'll see the way people treat you begin to change as well. And you'll begin to see that things that you desire in your world come to you. Now, here is a step-by-step -step process to achieve this result. First, relax. Breathe and release the tension in your body. I've taught you in other episodes exactly how to breathe under extreme stress. Use those important techniques here. Next, detach. 
I want you to clear your mind of all thoughts. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, I would if I could, Stephen. However, I'm here to remind you that practice makes perfect. This is also a skill that I teach in my course that, once embraced, is the beginning of true freedom in your mind and in your life. So learn to detach because it is such a powerful skill. Next, I want you to center yourself. Stop and drop your awareness to the center of your body just below your navel. Practice this daily. Train yourself how to get into this state instantly. It's so useful in so many situations you face on a regular basis. And finally, I want you to focus. Choose one key word that represents how you want to feel in that moment. Breathe in the word and allow yourself to feel the shift in your mind, your body, and your soul. That shift that you're feeling is freedom. It's the control you seek, and over time and with practice, you will find that it gets easier and easier every single day. And before you know it, it's just a part of your DNA. You will begin to see the results of change and the traits about you that were causing the most friction in your life, you're actually going to find that those get better. Because what? Better thinking equals better results. Stop trying to manage your emotions. Instead, choose to feel something different when an emotion arises. This is how you gain true emotional freedom. Did you learn something new today? I certainly hope so. And if you did, I hope that you'll smash that subscribe button. Subscribe to this podcast and follow me each week on this adventure to live a more peaceful life in a world that doesn't seem very peaceful at all right now. I might not be the guy that will change the world, but the skills I teach can change lives one heart at a time. That's really why I do what I do. Hey, thanks for listening. I do appreciate you spending a little bit of your day with me. I'm Stephen Diamond, and remember to be kind to each other out there. We're all just trying to survive. We all want the same things, and you never know what someone is dealing with deep down inside. Until we meet again, my friends, I'll see you next week.